Hey everybody, welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me at the dining room table is Jenny. Hello. And 100 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Guys, I left my purse in my uh, closet. Does anybody have one on them? Well, I have a duffel bag that I'm going to open up here. Oh, is it full of white claws? Are you Tony Khan? <laughs> yes. Because oh for our elite beat pop of the week, Hell I got yeah. myself here a Tony Claw size duffel bag of white claws. I love it. Oh wow. my God. I, ca- I can't believe you've converted to the con lifestyle. I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. What are you starting with? What flavor? I just got the limes. Oh, oh, you just got a six pack of straight lime. All right. That's fair. I, I am. Water. <laughs> I'm impressed with your continuing ability to um, be a responsible non-drinking adult for your sleep apnea. You know, um, you know what the knock-on effect of this has been? Probably good things because really drinking is bad for you. <laughs> I've lost twenty-five pounds since January first. <laughs> I mean, congratulations! That's really good. It I kind st- of shines I, I, I a horrifying the, light. I had to go to the doctor's office on Wednesday for a follow-up appointment, and uh, I stepped on the scale in the hallway as like the nurse had me and. Uh, and and I was just like, that can't be right. And then she said, well, you want to step on again? And I said, yeah. And I was down 10 pounds from when I had been there the previous month. And we got back to the exam room and she's just like, it was kind of nice to see that go the other direction. It's usually somebody stepping on the scale saying, I can't weigh that much. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's what I say in my head every time. I don't actually challenge the nurse to weigh me again. <laughs> I refuse to look at it. Because I, I know it weighs more than when I weigh at home, when I haven't like when I have no clothing on and haven't eaten anything or drink anything during the day. Yeah, usually I'm just like I look away and then when they tell me, I think in my head, you could have just wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> you could have just wrote it down and, and not told me. But I mean, congratulations to you and um realizing all the health benefits of not pretty much ingesting poison every time you drink. I uh I can't give it up, um, but I'm I'm happy that your sleep apnea is coming with a silver lining. Yeah, it's weird. It does kind of mean that that joke from Parks and Rec was true, though. Oh, Chris Pratt, where he's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's because like I hate. Yes, I hate to like do the gender thing, but guys can just stop drinking and lose so much weight. And it's really unfair. Your metabolism, evolutionarily speaking, uh, is unfair, and I hate it. Now, also, to be fair, though, as you just said, you haven't tested this theory personally, and you never will. Um, I have gone months. There were, <laughs> there have been stints of time where I decide I'm going to get in shape, and then I do sort of slow on the drinking. And it's very, like, it's immediately evident um, to to anyone out there who has been thinking about stopping drinking, there are plenty of BuzzFeed articles where it's like, I didn't drink for 30 days, and here's what happened. And spoiler, you just get healthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know this. Uh, I, I've i seen it in myself. But the thing is, I really like wine and champagne, and I don't 
this sounds so terrible, but like the health benefits to me right now just don't outweigh the the joy of enjoying wine and other spirits with meals. Um, so I will not. I will not stop. I refuse. Sound very alcoholic in this moment, but I don't really care. <laughs> spirit, Megan. Uh, what do you have for us this week? A big old bottle of sparkling wine. Hell yeah. Look at that. Look at that nice wooden cork. Yep. Well, it's cork cork or whatever. It's Shandon. Cork um, is a type of wood. Yes. It's it's not the um I don't know what the fake corks are made of, but it's not that. That's yeah, important. I assume some some sort of plastic type thing. Yeah, they seem really um not cool you know like probably bad for the environment i don't know that for sure though but here i go i'm gonna i'm gonna pop this chandon and i hope i can get a better sound out of this than all the red wines that i've tried thus far here we go nice classic classic uh it appears that uh fake wine corks are made of polyethylene which is what uh milk bottles are made out of Ooh, that doesn't sound very environmentally sound. I can't imagine. (laughs) Whereas real cork is made uh, from the bark of Quercus Suber, also known as the cork oak tree. Now, I think also, to be fair, that's not environmentally great to be cutting those trees down, but you can recycle cork, which makes it, to me, less bad than the chemical weird stuff that the fake corks are made out of. Yeah, Megan, I gotta say it's great to see you uh, because we didn't we didn't get to see you last Saturday as we as we usually do um, because the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine kicked my ass for an, an entire day. Yeah, but anyone who out there who's scared, it did not kick my ass. I got a sore arm, I had a headache, and I felt a little tired. That's kind of how I feel most days. <laughs> so. Jenny noticed no difference. <laughs> Andy um, woke up at three in the morning with chills and a fever. Though. That I'm sorry that you had that ill effect. I have heard from people who've gotten the second round that it's way worse than the first as far as feeling effects. I mean, I didn't feel anything from my first round and I'm, Looking forward to seeing how that second round goes, but um, I would not be dissuaded from getting the shot based on that because you ended up feeling fine. What a day later, probably. Yeah, I was fine by like honestly by like maybe ten o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, like, it just it just like suddenly stopped. Like all the stuff, all the bad stuff I was feeling. Your body did its job and fought, <laughs> and and that is, I think, the science behind this. You know what it felt like after the, after the chills and the fever um, had kind of run their course. The rest of the day, it just felt like all the hangover, all the symptoms of a hangover, except for the stomach ache, because I didn't have any alcohol to sour the stomach. But it was every other, it was every other uh, symptom of a hangover. <laughs> just like Ew. prepare yourself for like New Year's Day, <laughs> dude. But nothing nothing yeah. could be worse than that one new year's day when we were all basically immobile on your couch <laughs> but that was primarily the stomach i think yeah i thought if i was gonna move i was probably gonna puke so uh i can handle pretty much up to that so i i get my second shot on wednesday and i'm 
not at all nervous. I'm kind of just like, let's do this thing. And because I hear from the news that you're basically going to have to have a booster shot every year. So yeah, it is what it is. I would, I would just advise you to try to in advance set up your Thursday so you can have kind of a late day. I do that anyway. I, okay. I work from home. I freelance and, um, I work less than I probably have the bandwidth too, so this will be fine. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, but it, like that said, it's good to see you. Um, and uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Heck yeah, we do. My God, this dynamite. Yeah, this dynamite. Uh, it was like actually kind of useful being the elite for once in a great while, as we'll uh, talk about here. As it was episode 251, there's gotta be a change. That's G-O-D-D-A, a... a uh, a spelling of gotta I've never seen before. No, I always go double T if I do gotta. Yeah, me too. So basically the crux of this episode was a big promo at the end with Kenny and the Bucks, where Kenny is it's basically Kenny cutting a promo to the Bucks about the motivation for all three of them being heels now. And it was intercut with footage, and I really liked it. It was very strong. However, I will say that they never play any of this stuff on Dynamite. And if you haven't been following the show for, well, how long has the show been around now? Like four years? Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to know any of this stuff? <laughs> how is Joe Average Dynamite viewer supposed to know any of these like long-lasting, you know what I mean? It just seems like they're only telling half the story on their biggest platform. Yeah, well, because to a lesser degree, the promo Matt Hardy cut at the beginning on Darby should have been on Dynamite. It was just tailor-made for Dynamite. There was nothing BTE-specific about it, and I don't understand why he's putting that level of effort into a promo that's on BTE. Yeah, that, I thought that was odd, too, but it was because it was just like, yeah, this is just like a wrestling promo. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anything wacky or inside joke about it. It's just mm. something I would expect to see on an episode of Dynamite. Just straightforward, yeah. hey, Darby. We're going to fight. Um, they did the uh, usual Dark Order shenanigans. Although this week, instead of Tay Conti, it was Chris Statlander and Anna Jay's spot. And everyone tried to convince tried to convince uh, Stu, that, Stu. It's, that she's there all the time. And Hangman, uh, Hangman said Buttlander. So, you know, he uh, knows all the real terminology of the group. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, um, if we're going to acknowledge all parts of that skit, uh, Five now has a flashlight down his pants. That's his big old dick. And Hangman Adam Page was like, let's take a big selfie right in front of that, baby. So. <laughs> of all the dick jokes lately, that was my favorite. <laughs> I Yes, maybe I'm biased, but I just think these are funnier than when Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows straight up just talk about masturbating agreed I, I... <laughs> uh let's see what else um more dick jokes uh this time involving the vicious vixens segment as their uh their evil priest risen ate blue, a bunch of blue chew thinking it was candy and then he couldn't get up from their gimmick table because he had a boner what's blue chew gives you a boner yeah, it's like a. Is it Viagra? It's like no, it's. It, I mean, it's it's Viagra-ish, but it's like 
It's like the gummy vitamins of Viagra. Yeah. Basically. Boner pills, but they're chewables. Yeah. So is it like a prescription? I think I think it is. I think you do have to get a Is well, it cuz they not. advertise it on the podcast and it's like it sounds like you can just sign up for it like any other subscription service, but maybe you do have to give them doctor info. <laughs> Who knows. It made me want um fruit snacks though. I'll say that. Not yeah. not, <laughs> bo- not boner fruit snacks, just like Seeing somebody eat, it made me like harken back to the days when I was a kid and you you had fruit snacks like packed in your lunch. And I just, ugh, I love that gelatiny fake processed food taste, you know? He's Andy's going on Bluetooth's Twitter and he's going to get some really fucking weird ads in his Twitter now. Jenny, most spam is around your boner, so I don't think it's going to change anything <laughs> as far as that goes. But. Uh, you'd hope they they get a prescription. Actually, now that I think about it, do they? I don't know. It's hard to tell. It seems like they don't have a website. Oh, good. Definitely sign up for it. I I will say all the advertisements I've heard from Blue Chew are exclusively on wrestling podcasts. I've never heard them expand out to like anything else <laughs> like stop. it's not like hello fresh it's not everywhere it's not ubiquitous stop getting viruses from looking up bluetooth just exit out please all right oh jenny all right uh i think did we cover being the elite megan essentially um alex abrahantes uh had like couples counseling for Stu and uno he did. His tone changed between who he was translating for, and I will say what I took from that is that he now has a new official Penta Says shirt in case yeah. there are any Abrahantes heads out there looking for a way to support him. I wouldn't call myself an Abrahantes head, but I really do like Penta Says. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like that, sh- And the shirt is well-designed in a way, you know, that sometimes you don't get with wrestling shirts. So Absolutely. Well, you guys ready to talk some news? Yeah, lay it on. We got some, and it is in the form, as we did last year, one year to the day, of a whole slew of WWE releases. So now we can speculate on how and if uh, AEW should use them. Yes, Megan. So, is this like a yearly? Do they does does WWE have like a date? Where they decide, now we cut the fat because so, it's been one year almost to the day. They they historically have done like a spring cleaning kind of period, but it's just that the last two years it's been on the exact same date. And there was a while there where they it seemed like they were just hoarding talent and not firing anybody. So it had been a while. And, no. then, and then if you remember, right at the beginning of a global pandemic, they fired like 100 people. So... Yeah, but that seemed like a an event that you could trace back to why they were doing it. It's just kind of weird that two years in a row, same day, they've decided to make huge cuts. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this year, let's see. We got we got a list here. I'm really excited about one. Oh, I know exactly who you're excited for. <laughs> when I heard the news, I knew. Okay, let's just, I, I guess let's just talk about them one at a time. All right, let's kick it off. 
Samoa Joe. Probably the probably by far the biggest name on the list. That surprises me. I thought he was um, on their announce team now, doing stuff. He was. He was calling matches at WrestleMania. So I, I like, thought it was Taz. <laughs> Jenny thought it was Taz. Um, maybe he'll be with Taz soon. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Man, uh, like in like in three months. But uh, so Joe, he had uh, concussion issues. And he couldn't get cleared for a while, and so he was announcing for them. He was he was full time as the as Monday Night Raw's color commentator, and like I said, he was on WrestleMania this week. Yeah, I saw a picture. Yeah, did, did WrestleMania go badly for him? No, like... no, he's great. He's great. Um, he's like one of the most universally liked announcers that they've had in a long time. Um. Do you think his contract was just too expensive to justify him just being an announcer? Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of speculation we could do. That's that's one of the things that's been kind of talked about. It's like, well, you're not going to wrestle for us going forward. And uh, there's there was an interview he gave last month to Sports Illustrated where he talked about how he still considers himself an active wrestler and he has a lot of goals in that area that he still wants to achieve. So it could be a situation like you know maybe like a Christian kind of situation where. WWE was not going to use him in that capacity anymore because they felt he was injury prone or whatever. And so it's like, okay, well, then I will go do it somewhere else. So well, what? I want him to be safe. Like, <laughs> I I worry yes. about all these Is he issues. okay? <laughs> I know. I know. It feels a little close to home. Yeah, I just don't want him to do something that would be um, dangerous for himself. I don't either. But, you know, he's he doesn't have, like, a an extensive history of concussions. It was just that he happened to get, unfortunately, he got unlucky and he got two pretty close to each other. But that was also, and, like, two years ago at this point. And I could totally see Tony Khan, like, bringing him on and saying, hey, let's start you as announced and then we'll see, like, how the doctors evaluate you and how you do and if it's all clear, you wrestle. And if not, you don't. And you do the announce. Because Tony Khan seems more flexible in what he will sign people on for or, like, allow them to do. Um, so it seems like a crime that Samoa Joe isn't working. And I assume if he doesn't go to AEW, he'll seek out, like, Impact or maybe Japan. I, I don't know what his lifestyle is. But yeah. it seems like he'll find he'll find a way to get back into it. I mean, he's 42, but I could totally see, like, doing one G1 tournament being kind of a bucket list thing for him. Yeah, and Japan seems more forgiving in that sense. I mean, Asha Kong is still out there, and I'm not saying she's bad or anything, but she's she's one of the oldest ones out there, and she was just in the AEW tournament, you know, doing her thing. Yeah. I think they yeah. they can find a place for Joe if he's out there. I do, too. Um I think he's a no-brainer hire for AEW though, because because he's he's like you said he's not he has so he brings so much to the table. He's he could he could help train people. I mean, he, he used to run the Ring of Honor training school. Um, he is a good announcer. He's just he seems like he'd just be somebody great as a great influence to have backstage as like a veteran who you've got to think a great majority of this roster probably looked up to. Um, yeah. You know, and some of like, them have worked with him. <laughs> and some of them are his contemporaries, like Daniels and Kazarian. And, you know, 
But a lot of guys, like, you know, guys like Darby and Jungle Boy, they were probably, like, grew up watching, like, Ring of Honor tapes. And then, like, his, you know, he was a main eventer at Impact. And then, you know, he was a main eventer in NXT. You know, he's been, he's been, like, a significant part of wrestling in the United States since 2002. Yeah, he doesn't seem like somebody who's just going to disappear. Like, if you don't want to spend the money on him, WWE, then I got to imagine he's going to get snatched up by somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, also in the list, Mickey James, Jenny. There's a little mom energy there, so I'm okay passing <laughs> on that, but I know she, she, I'm sure she'd be great. Like training people. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to agree 100% with Jenny, but I do feel like Mickey James is in ring time might be harder to sell than Samoa Joe's but she has a ton of experience and having her as a trainer wouldn't be terrible you know <laughs> like yeah. I'm kind of surprised they let her go rather than just transitioning her into some sort of role like that at the PC honestly right, but yeah. maybe she wanted too much money I, you know I could see her I feel like she's a good fit for like impact and NWA because NWA number one, I just think stylistically she fits better there as like a more old school kind of women's wrestler. And number two, her husband is the NWA world champion and top star of that promotion. Oh, well, that oh, well so. then yeah, that seems like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And she has a long history in impact, obviously not this like, iteration of impact management but i mean a lot of those people are still there and i'm sure she'd be welcome back to for some kind of role but yeah yeah i don't really i don't see her as an aew hire i could see her as somebody who like pops up for an appearance or two and mm-hmm. in, in like the way that serena deeb did before she got signed or the way thunder rosa did before she became like a regular you know yeah and if she signs on to impact or nwa like she's basically set up for that honestly yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just do these two as a pair because they are the iconic duo, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I'm so excited. Peyton, this has to be an automatic hire. We need Peyton Royce. I've always enjoyed her. I, I, I can't wait to see her. Now, is Billy Kay an automatic hire or are you going solo with Peyton? I mean, they're such, so they're real best friends in real life. So like, I feel like you bring them in as a tag team. You don't have a lot of women's tag team, and you start building those tag team women's up so you can get the belts over there eventually. I mean, honestly, in that sense, I think you're probably right because they're talking all this this stuff about, you know, proving the women's division over there and, and building it up, and Billy Kay and uh, Peyton Royce are two experienced people. They're in it. They come in as a team. That's that's better than just slapping two individuals together and making a team. So, yeah, maybe I could see that. I hope that they can make the transition and that maybe they feel less pressured to look a certain way the way they did in WWE because I always felt really bad for them on that in that sense. Uh, next up, we've got Bo Dallas. Oh my god! All I can remember from him is like chasing 
or running around the the performance center in a golf cart at one time. I forget I forget who he was even fighting, but that's my Bo Dallas memory. It was he lost the loser leaves NXT match and he was running he was trying to evade capture by the security guards who were trying to throw him out of NXT. Yes. That was yeah. that was maybe the height of my Bo Dallas fandom at that point. Like I didn't think much of him prior and then he started getting into comedic NXT stuff and I thought, hey, they know how to do comedy down there and then he got pulled up to the main roster and I lost track. So uh, I honestly don't know what he's been doing recently, but he's still relatively young, right? So Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably in his early thirties, maybe. Let's okay. See. Bo is thirty years old exactly. Okay, so I'm not saying that I think they definitely should sign him, but I could see him doing all of the AEW Dark shows without issue. So here's the thing about Bo. WWE hasn't used him in a long time. Um, He hasn't had a match since November 13th of 2019. Oh my Uh, god. Yeah, he's just been sitting home. They don't bring him on the road or anything. I want a job like that. (laughs) Get paid six figures to just yes. <laughs> sit at home and do whatever. Um, I read an interview with him lately, or maybe I don't think if I actually read it. I think I read a quote from it where he was talking about he was probably going to retire from wrestling soon. And oh. and because he and Liv Morgan uh, have a farm now. And, <laughs> and oh they're just, you know, they're going to do the farm thing, just like Rhonda and, and Travis. And... Uh, <laughs> But Liv is also still in the company, is, right? Liv is and still she travels. Active. She's on the roster, yeah. Okay. But, but you when... know, she's like she only has to go to someone Orlando. has to take care of the farm. Yeah, that's right. You know, farms are self-sustaining if you farm a certain way. <laughs> uh, you raise your own cattle and you know chickens and grow vegetables, Jenny. You could you could live off a farm. Well, of course. I'm just saying, someone has to stay there to take care of the animals and to oh. Yeah. That, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's Bo Dallas just running around in his golf cart, like doing I all his you farm. I'm trying things. to make the argument that if you set up the farm correctly, the animals could raise themselves, and like oh. that, no one needed to be there. <laughs> Yo, I just thought you 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 made this face when it was like, oh yeah, they can live off the farm. Where? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, of course. Four legs good, two legs bad. Yeah, unless it's 1984, they can't take care of themselves. Not 1984, Animal Farm. Sorry, George Orwell. God damn. Uh, did we did we mention in our uh, Peyton Royce talk that uh, she has a very obvious N? Yeah, with NW- Sean okay. Spears. Yeah. I mean, he should. Oh my god! Stop trying to make him in the pinnacle happen and just make him manage um, Peyton and Billy. Sean Spears should should do this to himself. He should demote himself. Yes. Okay. I look. I, I don't know if that's his job. <laughs> I can't hate on Sean Spears because on the one podcast episode, he very clearly was open with how realistic he is about his career and how it's, you know, on the decline and he's there to put other people over. And I just respect that. I think good for you for not having delusions of grandeur. And the fact that they're now putting him in a group that's sort of getting pushed is like, Okay, hey, maybe you've got one last run in you, but he's very real. He seems very realistic about where he stands in the whole machine, and so if he can get, if he can give his wife an in to to get hired and do her damn thing, 
I, I say more power to him because I think she can carry her own weight once she gets there. But I, Sean Spears seems realistic about where he stands, and that's surprising to me, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Green is the next name on this list who uh, was uh, – Megan, go ahead. Isn't she – is she Zack Ryder's lady? Yes, she is uh, f- uh, fianced to uh, Zachary Ryder, yeah. Matt okay. Cardona. So she also has a – in. Yeah, but she has an impact in because oh. she was a big star in Impact in their knockouts division prior, and that's where Matt Cardona is playing his trade currently. Wait, I thought he was at AEW. He had a five appearance deal with AEW, and he used them all up almost a year ago. Oh. <laughs> I wondered where he was, but I also just assumed since he was BFFs with Cody, that apparently, you know, he would. I assumed he would stick around, but. If he has a better deal somewhere else, good for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much interest there was in using him full time from uh, AEW. So, yeah. right. which is, you know, I, I get it, um, and that he was primarily a WWE job guy. But then, I, I also think he was a way bigger star than Sean Spears ever was. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So, I mean, if you're going to use, if you're going to have a guy like that, but anyway, this isn't about him. Uh, Wesley Blake. <laughs> That, I don't know how to feel about him because I didn't like uh, the stupid Forgotten Sons or whatever. You did like Blake and Murphy. I did like Blake and Murphy, especially when Alexa Bliss was there. Um, I think just, does he have potential? Yes, probably. And he's another one that I could see slide into the dark schedule very easily. Um, so if they want to take a chance on him, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised. But, you know, I don't I don't really know what he does individually because I've only ever seen him in a trio or a duo, you know? Me, me too. Yeah, I don't really I don't know what to expect. Um, OK, here's one. Tucker. They let Tucky go, but they didn't let <laughs> Otis go. No, Otis is going to push. But aren't they a team? They broke up the team. Oh, so they could give Otis a push. That's upsetting. I mean, yeah. I I want the best for Tucky, you know? Like, if he can, if he could become, like, if Bear Country could become a trio and he could whip those boys into shape, I, I would love that. I always thought Tucker was really good. I did, too. I, I liked Heavy Machinery. I thought he and Otis both had this charisma, especially when they did the, like, home video promos and mm-hmm. and had that time. So I don't, I don't know why they would split them up necessarily. But I think Not Tucker they split them up, Megan. They split them up to give to give Otis a push. Then that ended up with Otis just being in a different tag team. Really? <laughs> yeah. WWE. What are you? Okay. I I would be pro Tucker coming to this promotion just because I want him to succeed. And if not here, I hope he finds a another outlet to do his. Thing. Um, but yeah, that's upsetting. Like, poor Tucky. All right, here's an interesting one Kalisto. I liked Kalisto. I thought he was very talented. Yeah. Um, uh, known on the Indies as Samurai Del Sol, uh, signed with WWE in 2013 and uh, had, a, had a nice little run in NXT as a tag team with, uh, with uh, Sin Cara as the Lucha Dragons. The new Sin Cara? Yeah, the. the... <laughs> 
uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, he was, oh, shit. He was the second guy in the other group. God, it's been years. Yeah, but, like, he had, when they brought back the original Sin Cara, they had him feud. And then he, and then that one took the mask off. And I'm trying to think what his, oh, man, this is going to bother me. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though, because um, in NXT, they would, like, roll out on a bike with pegs. I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, and I cannot remember. Hunico. Yes. Okay, yes. Um, yeah. Who then ended up, after they finally got tired of the original Sin Cara and shit him, then he once again ended up under the Sin Cara mask and went to NXT to team with Kalisto. <laughs> Yes, but yeah. Kalisto, um, Kalisto was very good with like the lucha libre and the high flying stuff. And honestly, like if they needed somebody else to sub into Death Triangle periodically, Kalisto yeah. I think would be right up in there, just just like Laredo Kid. You know, I, he's mm-hmm. got that style down, and it seems like such a waste if he still is. Um, I mean, athletically inclined, you know. To... He's he's only 34 years old, so I, I certainly don't think he's too old for it. Um, uh, Ring of Honor has a has actually has a lot of lucha talent right now, so that might be a destination for him as well to consider. Um, but okay. uh, but yeah, I, I you know I, I think there's you're right. Stylistically, he seems like he would be a fit for those like kind of show opening AEW matches. Yeah, yeah, he's not smooth like butter like phoenix but no one is but he, you know he he fits in that genre and i i think he could thrive there at aew if they brought him on uh and finally mojo raleigh who was the who was the last name announced last night and and i, I imagine it was just a case of uh he didn't pick up his phone for a long time <laughs> do you think he was too busy being hype somewhere i'm sure yeah with like gronk I think I think you could do something with Mojo Raleigh. That guy is a freak athlete. He's got he's got a lot of charisma. I I think something can be done. I think this would be a good Tony Khan reclamation project as like a look what I did with this guy who like you guys did fuck nothing with. I mean, I agree with you, but there is part of me that finds him extremely exhausting. <laughs> Because he's just always hype, you know, and it's like, okay, guy, calm down. But he, like you said, he is the type of character where Tony Khan might look at that and say, I could take this one step further and and kind of fix the mistakes you made with this person. So maybe, you know, he and Mojo's still, I want to say, relatively young, too. Like, none of these people that got cut other than Samoa Joe sound like they're, and maybe Mickey James, but like everyone else sounds like they're still mid career somewhere out there, you know? Mojo is also 34. So yeah, so still very much. Yeah. Um, my bar, as I get older, my bar for who's young uh, continues to rise though. So like, <laughs> as it does. Oh, me too. But like wrestling young, you know, it, it, there is a certain point where I start to think, oof, your body probably hurts a lot. And yeah. if, if you have the chance to announce, Maybe you just do that <laughs> or train. So, uh, so those are the ten names that were released. There were rumors today that um, there were going to be a lot of NXT cuts made, uh, oh. but nothing has surfaced yet on that. Okay. Um, 
And the last year when they made developmental cuts, they actually didn't make they didn't announce any of them publicly. People just the, the names just kind of trickled out very slowly over time as people would talk to their friends and things. So um, and some of the NXT cuts always end up being the random people who haven't actually gotten a TV push yet that they yeah. just decide are not worth further investment, which fair or not, it's less shocking than like, say, some of the names we heard from yeah. the main roster. Nick, uh, Nick Camarado of, of uh, the factory is one of those people. Shit. Okay. And, and look where he is. He's not just a body guy. He throws paint at walls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not at logos, but at walls. <laughs> now, Jenny wanted to do a little look back at the names from last year because she thought in her, in her, in her memory that the majority of them ended up at least having an appearance on AEW. Okay. So, I can't remember the majority of them. So right. Let's... So, so what, what's that? No. So what? what? You were making, so, you were making the you, face. Am I right? No, I, we're going to, we're going to go through it. We're okay. going to go through the list right now. I haven't, I haven't researched this, this, but I mm. pulled up, I pulled up the wrestling observer newsletter from this week, last year. And we're going to see. Okay. Okay. The best okay. segments continue to be unresearched. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is the, this is the list. Okay. 2020. 2020 post WrestleMania bloodletting. Oh God! Sounds so <laughs> dramatic when you put it like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Who we got? Dr- please be dramatic names. Don't be like rando NXT person one. Okay. First off, referee Mike Kyoto. He showed up. Did in fact make a couple of of uh, appearances as kind of as like almost like Chris Jericho's personal referee for a couple of matches. Kind of, but also unwilling to buy into Chris Jericho's bribery. So does that mean he was then let go? Cause we haven't seen him in a while. No, no. I think he was probably just there for a couple, you know, just to do a little thing. Okay. So that's, that's, that's one right there. Um, other producers who were let go, we're not going to really count them, but like, I, you know, it's possible some of them could have found work in AEW. <laughs> Uh, Billy Kidman, uh, Mike Rotunda, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt's father, oh, Scott sure. Armstrong, and uh, Fit Finley, and none of them ended up. I think, but that's actually, the count. I, I, I said okay, talent. Okay, okay. So, well, so we're not those, counting Mike No, we're counting him. And my favorite is a talent. That's a, that's a TV talent. Okay, those okay, people okay. definitely have sway, though. I mean, some of those names not finding like a place to land is surprising to me, but maybe just not in AEW. Okay. Uh, we have Serena Deeb. Made it. So that's two for two. Okay. So that was like the, the non TV talent because she was, she was a NXT coach when she was released, but she came on. That's fine. TV talent, so we I'm going to count. That's her. Jenny. That's Jenny. Fine. Jenny just wants points. <laughs> Let's just be real about this. Jenny wants points. Okay. Here we go. Drake Maverick, who, was released and then immediately re-signed. <laughs> so, oh, that's what happened to him? He went back? 
Yeah, I watched him wrestle in a tag team match on NXT this Wednesday, or this Tuesday. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, who is now with Impact Wrestling, never made an AEW appearance. Chad Allegra, a.k.a. The Machine Gun Carl Anderson, who we see every week on AEW Dynamite. Oh, my God. Uh, Luke Gallows, ditto. EC3 has been primarily a Ring of Honor talent since his release. Ah. Yeah. Leo Rush, who has been with uh, MLW and New Japan Strong, which is the U.S. arm of New Japan. Eric Young, who went back to Impact. Heath Slater, also Impact. Aiden English. I'm not sure what Aiden English is up to. Maybe he and Shaw are just like hanging out in Florida, living their lives. Maybe. Kurt Angle, um, who has started a podcast, but I don't think he's done anything big in wrestling. There was a there was a rumor, like he was one of the names that was rumored for that Christian Cage spot, if you if you recall. Right. Along with does Jenny's he want choice, John to Cena. come back? Is he what? Does Kurt Angle want to? Be like um, on screen, like somebody who would come back in like a backstage capacity. Has he expressed any interest in one or the other? Basically, uh, not. I don't think publicly. I think he liked the money, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> uh, Sarah Logan, who has uh, who had a child and then retired, uh, pretty much. Uh, Eric Rowan. We saw him. Who made one appearance. At the Brody Lee tribute show. It was a great appearance. So he counts. Primo and Epico, the Colognes. Not seen them. Would love to see them, actually, now that I think of it. <laughs> they would, they're would. they a tag team. By definition, they were working in AEW. Yeah. Mike and Maria Canellis, who I believe are back in Ring of Honor. Okay. Matt Cardona. Zack Ryder. Saw him. Uh, who has made appearances. No way, Jose. Disappeared into obscurity? I think he might have signed back with WWE recently. And, of course, the famous Miroslav Barnyashev, who is... uh, Where did he end up? Yeah. So how many, how many, what's the percentage there, Jenny? 33. 33%. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was higher. That's pretty good. Honestly, now, that's still pretty good. Now, the that does not include... Let me see. That does not include the NXT names. And there are more of those. Oh, and God. we know that some people from that um, have been used. So... Let's so that th- those names must not have come out yet, or as I said, they didn't really come out. 2020 uh, was a tough year, Jesus. Yeah, okay. Cassius Ono, nowhere to be seen, popped up anywhere. Yeah, Tino Sabatelli wrestled on dark. Uh, wait, does he? He no, he did, he wrestled on dark. He was found to have given out spoilers to someone on Reddit, and he was he was asked not to come back. <laughs> Damn, Tino, way to mess up your shot. Curtis Axel, 
Where's that himbo? I I don't know. I'm genuinely upset. I loved Curtis Axel because he's such a himbo. Uh, I'm trying to find. I'm trying. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have been better prepared. Uh, but uh... no, I shouldn't have asked. I I just uh, I haven't thought of him in a while, and I hope you know. I hope life's going okay for him. If he doesn't want to wrestle anymore, that's fine. But he has kind of a a legacy behind him, you know. So I yeah, assumed he'd want yeah. to stay in the business. Uh, Diana Perazzo. Who is the Impact Knockouts champion? Has not made it. Has okay. not as yet made an appearance, but I believe she probably will at some point. Do you think she um, was like, I can't come to AEW if there's any potential for Marty to show up? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Apparently, I think she's with Wesley Blake now, so uh, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe that's where he'll end up. No, you know who she's with? She's with the other Forgotten Son. Um, oh, Cutler. Yes. Okay, I knew it was one of them. Not. Not Brandon, but the WWE one. Steve. Yes. Ty Conti. Maybe yeah. The, maybe one of the biggest surprise success stories of that whole uh, crop of people released. Getting a getting a title shot next week on Dynamite. Hell yeah, get him, Ty. Uh, Kane Velasquez, former UFC heavyweight champion. It's not okay. popped up anymore. No. <laughs> No, is he? He's not even back in UFC for anything. Uh, no, no. Okay. Let's see, any other of that crop? I forget. Were Dash and Dawson released as part of that group, or was it? Were they later on? I feel like they were later on. Group. Okay, well, let's count them. Okay, I I thought they were later because. Because they were, like, asking for a release, right? And I feel like WWE was punishing them by not giving them what they wanted. I think it... I thought it came out the same week, though. I, you could be right. Maybe I'm yeah, misremembering. Let's count okay. So that's two, that's two more for you there. And... <laughs> there, were, there were a couple others, like six. That we know Cesar Bononi, because he, yep, he's, he's, he's on all the time. And uh, so maybe that's it. But like Benoni counts. Okay. So if that's the case, that's 40%. Okay. That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. It's hard that's to pretty predict good average. these things. Yeah. Now, a few of them were just like kind of came and went, but uh, some still remain vital parts of the roster to this day. Seems like some of them could think... have had a bigger role if they hadn't talked to people on Reddit. I feel like yeah. Kane Velasquez shouldn't count because I don't even consider him an NXT talent. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, 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 he wasn't part of the NXT thing. He was just like, you know. He was there for like a second. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's really, I mean, that's all, that was the big news today, uh, but, like, the other thing that we need to get into is the rating, which was absolutely insane. I think, no Megan, I teased you by Wednesday. saying that it was, huh? No competition Wednesday. That's right. So, I'll read uh, John Pollock's story on post-wrestling. AEW Dynamite scored its second largest audience in its history running unopposed on Wednesday night and finishing second for the night on cable. 
The two-hour show featuring Mike Tyson and several championship matches averaged 1,219,000 viewers on TNT, which is its second largest in history behind Dynamite's debut episode in October 2019. Who was right? Jenny was right. Uh, the show finished second for the night on cable with a .44 in the 18-49 to 49 demographic, uh, which I believe is up from a .28 the week prior. Like, yeah. Vince has to be feeling so justified that, like, everyone was making fun of him, that, like, the war was just in his head and all this bullshit, but he was making real real a real dent dent in AEW and and hurting his competition so i'm sure we're gonna see something else from wwe pop up on wednesday but also like what did nxt do because it seems like vince may have been hurting both of them when in fact they could each thrive separately (laughs) you know like so nxt on tuesday for their for their solo debut uh did 805,000 viewers and a 0.22 in the 18 to 49 which is Pretty similar to their numbers last week. But remember, last week was literally a takeover on USA. So Yeah, see? Yeah. So, like, if you stop focusing on trying to hurt your enemy and instead focus on your own business and how to improve that, maybe you just do better. You know, maybe be less vindictive. That's all I'm saying. I just I want to tell you the week-over-week increases in all these demos. Uh, adults 18 to 49 up 57 percent from last week. Uh, females 18 to 49 up 77 percent week over week. Males 18 to 49 up 45 percent week over week. Adults 18 to 34 73 percent. Females 12 to 34 73 percent. Males 12 to 34 53 percent. Adults 25 to 54 51 and a half percent. And here's the big one: adults 50 plus 108 percent increase week over week. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they were like, oh, we can watch both now. <laughs> the olds are coming for AEW. <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, this, you know, they, they must have been doing backflips when they when they saw these numbers. Because, I mean, just the demo number is outstanding. But I think just for looking at it on paper, it must be nice to see that total viewers number over a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, I think feel like a million feels like a a threshold, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. since both companies were hovering around like six to eight hundred thousand mark. Yeah. Now before. So here's the thing: like, this is not a number to probably try to extrapolate much from or put a lot of stock into because it could just be that you know people who hadn't usually watched. AEW were giving it a try because there wasn't the head-to-head anymore and maybe they didn't like what they saw and then now they won't be back. Um, so there probably will be a, a, some level of settling and leveling off. But uh, I think it'll level off, though, at consistently being over a million. Okay, I mean, that would be... If, if they could do that, then I think they would be really, really pleased. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. And then on like maybe a bad week, more maybe it's more than nine hundred k, which is still better than what they were doing other right. than the first couple weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, it was the most uh, so best total viewers since like the first show. Uh, best demo since uh, Winter is Coming, which did a really actually did a really strong. They did a really great job building up to that show. Um, so that did a really great number of the yeah. demos. 
yeah, that's that's kind of the news. So, Megan, if you'd like to to take us away, that was a lot of stuff. But uh, let's let's get into dynamite. All right, let's find out why they got those one million views. We're gonna start out with a video package of the Young Bucks. Um, you know, why did they do what they did last week, guys? Because they chose friendship. It's very important. I mean, and friendship is important, and and Kenny, friendship is magic. <laughs> and it Kenny is. is their friend and should be their best friend, other than each other. And they did often choose other people over Kenny. I mean, I know you've you've always been a big Kenny fan and love the the friendship there. I just I feel like this is maybe a toxic friendship at this point. Like I I think they should be friends, but they're all kind of getting into like the bad stuff you know they're kind of being mean boys but they did choose friendship and um they say that matt matt is speaking for them he says that don Callis was right the young bucks as a team have changed um they're still the best tag team in wrestling but they haven't really been as hungry as they used to be since they joined aew they kind of got content which is not conducive to innovation and Apparently not conducive to friendship. <laughs> so it's time to bring back the old Young Bucks to show the world a newer, vet- better version of themselves. And they start to, like, cut the fringe off their, un- not uniforms, but their gear. And I just thought, haven't they always had fringe? Like, is this really the the turning point? So, agreed. They have always had fringe. But I was so excited because last week I was like, they need to get new gear. I'm kind of like a new style, like just like switch it up a bit. And I was like, oh, wow, they took my advice and they're going to switch it up by just cutting fringe off and nothing and adding it to their bandana and not doing anything else. It's like when someone's like, I'm going to switch up my look. I'm going to get a haircut and they cut an inch off of their hair. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's very like Hank Hill level of change here. Um, yeah, it still had the bell bottoms and the belts and the wrestling spandex. It was the same stuff. We're we're gonna get to their look, but in a minute. But before we get to that, there was you know after their video about friendship and changing, uh, we also got one of those earlier today lookbacks. And Mike Tyson is here. He's psyched to be the enforcer, guys. And um, <laughs> he's like one of the most famous people in the world. And he started off by saying, Hi, I'm Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, he, look, he got media training, I guess, or whatever. But he, um, he doesn't get to say much because MJF comes over and he kind of passive aggressively, like, sucks up to Mike Tyson. Um, he's, you know, the Pinnacle is pretty pissed about what happened last week. And MJF gives Mike Tyson the sage advice that he needs to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And that Chris Jericho is, in fact, Mike Tyson's enemy. Even though I I believe last week we saw their reconciliation and they're, they're in fact, friends. So MJF is like, hey, I'm not trying to bribe you, per se. But I am asking you to be on the right side of history. At this point... He hands him a blank check, and it's like, this is blank. You can do whatever you want with this, but I'm not bribing you. And Mike Tyson, he sent 
he's not going to get into shenanigans, I guess, because he rips the check up. He puts it in his mouth. He starts chewing it up. I legit thought he was going to swallow it, but instead he spits it in MJF's face. And uh, MJF is like, I'm going to remember this. And then in a huff leaves as if he can do anything to Mike Tyson. He should have handed him an MP3 of an episode of Blank Check with Griffin and David. I would have been much more receptive to that personally. But which episode? Um, I'm trying to think of like if they have ever done uh, one about a boxer. I don't think so. They, never, they haven't done any of the Rockies. So I'll have to think on that. I'll get back to you. All right. Well, regardless, Mike Tyson is at this moment appearing impartial. Good for him. Although, you know, MJF's kind of a shit, so do you really want to align with him anyway? But regardless, Mike Tyson uh, at this moment seems not bought. So from there, we go to the first match of the evening, the Death Triangle, which is Pac and Phoenix, versus the Young Bucks, who, as Jenny alluded to, have got new gear because that's what they're doing now. And they've traded in Fringe for Feathers, I think is kind of a weird look. I think, um, I think they're supposed to be like angel wings on their shoulders. Oh, yeah. I assumed it was like a Kenny reference with the one-winged angel. But also, I, I don't know. Like, so they're, they've got gray, gray-ish, I want to say pants, right? And there's feathers instead of fringe. And I swear to God, their Nikes just evoke for me like a very Heaven's Gate vibe, which is <laughs> not what you want. Um, so I, I don't know. I just thought this is an interesting look you've chosen to go with, boys. Do you um, guys remember they played it on The Soup a lot? When in the Hills episode, Lauren goes to Paris and she's in a store and she goes, oh, my God, it's feathers. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. I don't, but I feel like that's very appropriate for what the Young Bucks are wearing. <laughs> so I respect that, that callback. Um, but yeah, like the Young Bucks have made a change. These are some new boys we've got here. And they end up winning. Nick gets to pin Ray after he and Matt do a double super kick. But also, it should be said, Nick rips off Ray Phoenix's mask right before this. So Ray is busy covering his face, and that's why he's allowed to get super kicked. And uh, I just thought that was very dastardly, Nick. Nicholas. Like, what the hell? It was super mean, and you know that he's a heel, because after he won, he pointed to his own head to indicate how smart he was. Yeah, he, and I think Nick, when he, Nick was the star of this match by far. Yes, oh, Nick yes, can act yes. a little bit when he wants to. <laughs> well, he because afterwards he like pointed to his head, but then after the match itself, when he and Matt met up with Don Callis, who was there on commentary, Nick like very visibly but convincingly, convincingly was like talking to them about how he did it and like we couldn't hear the audio as viewers but he was like just he like made the motion of like i ripped that mask off like did you see that and like they all laugh so nick is um nick is a better actor than his brother i'm sorry matt i love your bte segments but nick is better on the tv i think nick is better on bte as well it's just that like nick's a better brother he's really low-key in his acting style but but when you you know Think about it. Like, all the merch freak stuff, 
just like how underplayed that was until he until like the exact right moment for him to start screaming. Um, yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> there was so much great Nick stuff in this. The other spot I want to call out because honestly, this match there's just too many things to. It was just too much. Um, one of the so definitely good. one of the greatest matches in Dynamite history. Um, the spot where he does that uh, the slingshot sit out face buster. Um, he did it on Phoenix. Phoenix kind of like bumped for it by going vertical <laughs> and he he folded up and Nick just looked at him and then looked at the camera and broke into a really wide smile and pointed at the camera and said, did you, and then pointed at Phoenix, see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was excellent. This match was so Damn good. Damn it, Nick. I love Nick. Yeah. Yeah. But what I don't it's love. really good. And I was really disappointed in. Was the disrespect Nick showed for Ray Phoenix. By unmasking him. It was that too was far, really Nick. That was inappropriate. Yeah. It was pretty far. Come on, Nick. I mean, um, also. Mean, do you guys remember when Penta did that? And it was just. I thought Penta was the worst person to unmask his own brother. And then Nick did it. And I just was so disappointed in him. No, it's, it's, it's garbage. Like Nick, that's a cheap move and you shouldn't do it. But he also, he did it after he kicked him in the ball. So it's like, calm down. One (laughs) dastardly move does not require a second one so quickly. (laughs) God. It's like he's dastardly Dan. And we're yeah. all playing a board game. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that was upsetting. Um. Seek this match out, though. Seriously. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I did have a question about like something this match brought up is. Um. Do the corners correspond to face and heel the way the tunnels do? Because at one point, Nick. No, Matt. I'm sorry. He got confused because usually they're at the upper left, and this time they were at the lower right corner relative to the camera. And I wasn't sure if that means like you've been demoted to heel. Yes, I didn't realize. I I, maybe I knew that and I forgot about it. But the the announcer said that. I mean, why else would they be on a different corner? Right. I yeah, that's something maybe to keep an eye on to see if they're consistent with that. But I would believe that that's something that they think about. So yeah, I'm never not going to think about that now. Okay, because I want to yeah, see but them I, trip up. I also never put it together before. Like I've never thought about which corner the the teams were in. So yeah, and what about when you have two faces in a team? Well, one team just has to be in the heel corner. Yeah. They just have to deal with it. Uh, it should be said also that this was uh, a, an AEW World Tag Team Championship match. So if the Bucks had lost, they would have lost the belts. And because of this, we saw early on that SCU, Butcher and the Blade, Best Friends, and Jurassic Park are all Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express are all in the crowd watching this because I'm assuming potentially these people are. SEU is number one ranked, we were told, mm-hmm. but the others are close by, you know? Yeah, so. I think so, yeah. The other um, 
move I liked in this. This wasn't really a move. It was just a strategy. Um, but Matt was getting beat down and was kind of out for the count. And Nick got into the ring, dragged him to the corner, and then sl- held up Nick Matt's hand and then slapped his hand. And I just thought, why are... Why are more tag teams not doing that? Like, that's a very effective way to get yourself tagged back in. That's why the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team of all time. I mean, it made me think back to when JR complimented the men's tag teams for doing that. And uh, when the women's did it, he was like, who would cheat like this? And I was like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I really liked it when Tony, uh, I guess Matt, Matt made a lax cover early in the match. And Tony got really mad and he said, when have you ever seen Matt Jackson make a half-ass cover? And then he didn't <laughs> wait for anybody to answer and he just said, never, that's when. <laughs> Tony's all fired up. He's like, come on, Young Bucks, get your shit together. Tony continues to be my favorite. He's I'm gonna look, awesome. I'm going to look up see how his Kickstarter's doing. And Matt did a, he did a peen move. I didn't like, I didn't like, like, what stop it. Just because you're healed doesn't mean you have to like, Point to your peen. Did he do the suck it motion? Is that what you're talking about? No, okay. he didn't full on. He didn't full on do it. Okay. I didn't remember it. Um, I did really enjoy the poison. Uh, no, not the poison ranas. Those were good too. But um, the destroyer that Nick did on Phoenix after Phoenix bounced him off the top rope. Nick and Phoenix should just. I hate to quote JR, but I'm going to here. Um, Nick Jackson, Ray Phoenix, give me some. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, too. See? This... Fuck, this first half hour of the show ruled. So good. Um, Tony's Kickstarter is ending soon. It's at one thirty-five, But it's at $135,000. Um... And they were trying to let me see what the goal the goal was twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, get it, Tony. And they so they made they have all these stretch goals and they've they they busted past the final stretch goal, which was set at $120,000. So um yeah, it looks like looks like pretty cool. Looks looks like uh they're gonna do a kick-ass like uh, graphic novel um presentation for them. So that's exciting. Aww. Pocket some cash. Yeah, hopefully. That's- Sweet. Good for Tony. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, okay. So th- is there any more gushing about the first match anyone wants to do? Because it was amazing. Eh, we're I... good. Okay. It's the best Just match in Dynamite history. Seek it out. For sure. All right. So from that match, we go backstage where Alex Marvez is catching up with Adam Page in the Dark Order HQ, which also means that the rest of Dark Order are just kind of gathered around behind him. And Marvez was like, hey, Adam, how do you feel about what's going on with Kenny, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers? You know, that's kind of a big deal. And Adam's like, hey, before we talk about that, I just want to give a quick update on John Silver's shoulder. And it's doing really well. And then he goes, man, I'd really love some egg rolls. And so he <laughs> just walks away from the interview, <laughs> presumably. It was, to really, go get... it was really slick. Yeah, he just wants some egg rolls. So he leaves. And then John Silver's like, Check it out. I can lift my arm up this high. And he gets it about as high as his shoulder, which I think is probably very good for his injury, but not like a very impressive feat, relatively speaking. Um, But yeah, that's John Silver's status. And Adam Page just pieced out of there without um, 
being rude, but also he's not answering questions. So that's his status. Um, after that, we get Alex Marvez with the inner circle and Mike Tyson. Um, and he's talking about how last time Mike Tyson was here, he and Jericho were rivals, but it doesn't appear to be this the case now because obviously they've made up and are friends now and Jericho says you know what after the pinnacle beat us down and he had his like change of heart or reflective moment or whatever he talked about last week um Mike Tyson was the first person he called and he wanted to issue him an apology uh he realized he has a lot of respect for Mike Tyson and because he did this Mike Tyson told him that if Jericho ever needed anything, he'd be there for him. So, obviously, Jericho called him in for this special thing, and he makes a point, very much unlike MJF, to say to Mike Tyson in this segment that he doesn't expect any special treatment from him, just wants a clean match, and Mike Tyson's like, good, because I'm not going to give you any. But, like, it, it was so contrary to, like, Jericho did not offer him anything. It was very clear he was like... I just want you to go out here, there and be the enforcer, and I'll do my thing. So, yeah, Jericho is like total babyface now. I yeah, I mean he's got a lot of lot to prove because his arch rival is a little shit heel, MJF. So, incidentally, his uh, his segment has been the high point of the uh, ratings for Dynamite for the past two weeks. His uh, his promo last week was the highest rated thing on that show. And then his match with uh, his match with Dax was uh, the highest rated thing on this show. Okay, so this probably sounds stupid, but they can pinpoint it to that level of specificity. Because I thought by, it was like they quarter hours. The, the, so quarter hours is kind of what's get out what gets out, but uh, Dave Meltzer must have somebody at uh, TNT uh, because uh, he gets minute by minute ratings. Wow. Okay. I bet Tony Khan loves that. He loves all the data. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean that's how that's how you like, you know, if you see a long term trend with someone doing better than you expect, then you say like, okay, let's put a little more juice behind this person and, and see if they can we can really get him up there. Yeah, and that's when you see Jake the Snake say what what did he say a few weeks ago? I don't Something know. about a gerbil. Gerbil. And then, you know, he's no longer a manager. Darby was number one in the demo this week because you know Darby's Darby is like someone Darby is like a star um, that they have created, which is incredible. Like because the promotion hasn't been around that long, you know, <laughs> and they've like yes, obviously Darby existed before AEW, but nobody knew who he was. So yeah, he's like he's like a from scratch TV ratings drawing star that they've created. Get it, Darby. He used to uh, make chicken breasts on his Mike Tyson grills in 24-Hour right. Fitness. That's right. In the bathroom, which sounds horrendous. So he's George come Foreman. a long I way. think it's a George Foreman grill. I don't oh, think, I don't right. think a Mike Tyson grill. Not a Mike Tyson. I've got Tyson on the brain because he's here. Of course you do. Okay. Well, good for Darby. And it's for terrifying to know. And for Jericho, yes, but also, like, for everyone, it must be terrifying to know that there's somewhere out there, minute-by-minute ratings coverage. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to the ring. We we have Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill for another interaction here. 
And Jade gets the win with her jaded, I forget what it's called, and I couldn't hear the announced team, but it's jaded. It's just called jaded. Oh, it's just called jaded. Okay. Yeah, you didn't Maybe miss it. anything. Okay. She got, she did the jaded. Um, But I thought, like, I thought this match was good, and I don't know if it's just because Jade Cargill and Red Velvet are very good at choreographing everything and getting it down to the second there, but... um. They work really well together, and I think Jade looks really good when she's facing Red Velvet. So, for as green as she is, I think she looks better than some of the guys who they bring in that are green, honestly. I do, too. She's way better than Cesar Bononi, for instance. Um, Oh, Lord. (laughs) And you know what? Like, yes, I'm sure that they are choreographing and practicing these matches from scratch. But, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, they should be. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's no reason not to. Uh, yeah, I would, when I, I said that earlier, I didn't mean it as, like, a dig. Like, I, I think that's a smart idea. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Uh, I I challenge you to find someone's fourth match as good as <laughs> as good as good Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. I, d- I doubt there will be many out there, honestly. So, good for them. I enjoyed it. I, I, thought, it, I thought it had some really fun spots in it. And I think they got something in Jade. And I think I think Red Velvet might end up yeah. being a really good worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're both good, and they they make each other shine. Um, and even if it is choreographed down to the move, I think it just shows that Jade has the potential to take instruction and run with it. And you know, maybe she's not calling matches yet, but. I think it shows that she can get there, you know, like if this is her fourth match and she's doing this good, then good for her. Like I genuinely like this match and was surprised at how good it was because it is her fourth match. So did you see how well she caught, she caught red velvet on that tope? Yeah. Yeah. Which like she's built for it. I mean, she has all of the components to be awesome and maybe she just needs to learn the, the like formulas behind all of it, but that's fine. Like she's starting out stronger than I think a lot of people are as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And red velvet. It's really stick straight too up in that move. That's a great to Yeah. 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 Red velvet. I think red velvet is a good opponent because she's clearly got experience and, and can work with her. Um, so yeah, I thought they both looked really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so after that, we go back somewhere to an interview where Tony's talking to Britt and Rebel. I, I guess it's their locker room. And Britt's like, hey, Tony, want to update you on the rankings? Just FYI, um, Britt is currently number three. She dismisses everyone who is after her because they're irrelevant, obviously. So one, two, and three are the important things here. Um. And Britt points out that she has two more wins than Red Velvet, who was just defeated by Jade. So that means Britt's probably going to be moving up the line here and should be elevated to number two. She claims that. I don't know if that's enough to get her there, but that's what she's thinking. And she just wants to reiterate that she'll be wrestling on AEW Dark and Elevation um, as she works to climb up the rankings, get some wins in. So Britt's... Britt wants to keep you updated on her working the system just fyi i am really looking forward to the pay-per-view match of Britt baker versus hikaru shida 
in which Britt will take the belt. Hell yeah. I mean, I like Hikarashita a lot, but I think it's time for a change. Honestly. I agree. So. And I love that Britt's just like keeping us posted on, <laughs> on the rankings. I appreciated this segment. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't believe the rankings really mean anything. And she's just like, here, here is how the math works out. Also, live at this moment, you just saw Red Velvet lose. So I will, I should be elevated above her. And if she isn't, then we know that those rankings are bogus. Oh, if she isn't, then I'm sure we'll get a segment next week where she's like, look at this bullshit. <laughs> I should be number two. Yeah, she should. I mean, she should be. There's no way she should. She wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're rigged, which of course they're not, Jenny. It's all mathematical. You just got to get the volume in. <sighs> so, okay. That's where Brit stands. Um, we're hoping we see her next week with some good news. But right now, we're going to go to the debut on Dynamite of the governor, Governor Anthony Agogo, <laughs> versus a man named Cole Carter. No idea who he is. Jobber a handsome man. young boy. He is a handsome young boy, but he was there to get beat up. <laughs> like uh, Anthony Agogo, he, I mean, he, he's a boxer, so he's good at it. Um, he apparently defeated Aaron Solo on Friday's house show, which, as of right now, we have no way to watch, but it happens. Mm-hmm. No, Cody defeated Aaron Solo, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then Agogo ran out to help him. So Agogo is like in the mix. And then this match is just a big old smash him. Like Agogo gets out there. He he ultimately wins when he punches Cole Carter in the gut. The same body shot he gave Cody in the angle a couple a few, a few weeks ago. Okay, yes. Well, because he's a boxer. This is yeah. what he do. Um, so yeah, I think Agogo looked good. I think we know he can talk. And I'm excited to see this man progress because I think he's got skill. I like the TKO finish. I think it's it sets him apart. And I think you be careful with it. Maybe don't do it against name opponents. But if he's going to like beat up you know, jobbers for a few months before you really get him going, then I think he can put them all away with the, with the, with the big body shot. Yeah, I'm down with it. Um, and I think he was at least part of moving the needle on the uh, the ladies' viewership. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I really dug, for some reason, his um, like Big Ben, the clock sound when he won. <laughs> that was part of his music. It was like the, the grandfather clock. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Which I called him. Govna. Govna. The Govna. I, I like him. Yeah. And his thighs don't scare me. They're like huge and muscular, but they're not scary like Randy Orton's. No, I think it helped that he wasn't wearing a t-shirt with like man panties like Randy Orton does. <laughs> yeah, he had the, the boy shorts on. Yeah. Boy shorts are the way to go. All right. Speaking of boy shorts. The man who wore a skirt. I, I stand by my assessment. He wore the Misha Tate skirt. Um, Miro is here. He cuts a promo next. Uh, he talks about how apparently Kip has not been around since their loss in the arcade anarchy match. 
But Miro has been looking for him because they're friends. And Miro's like, you know what, Kip? I'll be moving on with or without you to fulfill my own destiny. But you better watch your ass. Because I think he's kind of upset about the loss. And I'm assuming blames Kip. Because why would he blame himself? So. Well, he didn't even want to have the match to begin with. So. He did not. So he's going from best man to like. Like. Worst enemy. Sure. Yeah. It's fun. I don't know that this is the reason that Kip and Penelope have been off TV the last two shows, but I do know that Penelope had a bad reaction to eye makeup and it's, uh, did something bad to her eyelashes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Her eyelashes specifically? I think so. Yeah. Or her eye. Yeah. Something, so something with her eyes. Like, like she, she, she got all like, uh, she got all messed up from the eye makeup. Wow. Ooh. You can um, get bacteria in um, eye makeup pretty easily. Um, but then also, I think your body can just, like, develop, like, allergic reactions to things as you get older. So, like, I haven't worn eye makeup in, like, three years now because all of a sudden when I started wearing the same eye ma- makeup that I'd always worn but bought new ones because it happened one time, like – my eyes got all red and I like, they started watering and then, oh, yeah. so then I like bought new stuff. Cause I was like, I read that like maybe there's and new brushes and stuff. And then I wore it one more time and the exact same thing happened. And I just have never worn eye makeup since that's awful. Oh no. Did you me. find pictures of her, her eye issues? She's got like, yeah, she says she had a uh, allergic reaction to it. The, okay. The level of just like, makeup in general that the ladies wear to be on television and and emphasize you know i don't like it's like costume level makeup so so if you you have a bad reaction good lord i can see why yeah but i mean they may have been off selling yeah they may have been off selling the uh loss at the arcade anarchy anyway so maybe it was fortuitous timing yeah. Well, I hope she's okay. That really yeah. sucks. All right. We'll find out, I guess, more about her if she and Kip show up later. But for now, we go to the match between Dax Harwood, who is accompanied by Cash Wheeler, and Chris Jericho, who is accompanied by Sammy Guevara. Um, this is the match where Mike Tyson is the special enforcer. And this is the first official match between a member of the Inner Circle and a member of the Pinnacle. Just FYI. Um, Chris Cherko gets the win here. He gets to do the Judas effect on Dax Harwood. But it's kind of a, a like a, a decent length match where we just got some hard hitting. I mean, Dax Harwood is short and stout and, you know, no flips, just not kicks. God, no flips, just... What do you punch with? Fists. <laughs> yes, I was trying to make that rhyme happen. Okay, yeah, so... Um, but also Jericho's kind of love that style. So it was a lot of just hard hitting. I thought it was really good. Um, I've really liked both of uh, Dax's singles matches on Dynamite lately. Of that, uh, The Jungle Boy match also sticks out in my memory as being very good. Yeah, I... Th- 
I think he's experienced and good at putting people over, honestly. Like, he knows how to make people look good. FTR bald better than FTR hair. Oh, no. Don't start a war within their group. They don't need that. Uh, This match got pretty crazy. Uh, Like, Cash Wheeler and Sammy Guevara were the seconds at ringside, and uh, they they got into it uh, over, over attempts by Cash to cheat. And, uh, like, the finish kind of came after uh, Cash got the bat, uh, the uh, Floyd the bat, and uh, he was going to attack Mike Tyson with it, and Tyson knocked him the fuck out. It looked really good. It was a good It was a good looking punch. It looked so good that I worried. It made a nice sound, too. Was it, was it real? Because <laughs> Mike Tyson, I, you know, I don't know that he pulls his punches. And then Wardlow had to come in there and pick Cash up. And I was like, uh-oh, is Cash dead? Yeah, there was a big brawl on the um, on the stage between the Pinnacle guys and the Inner Circle guys. So, Yeah. So they've got blood and guts coming up in three weeks. So, gotta, gotta get those, gotta get it going. It's true. That should be good. I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Tully tried to be there ringside, but... Aubrey was like, no, get out of here. That's right. Allowed. Only one second allowed. It's true. He had his iPad. He was ready to like strategize. Also, can I just comment on Mike Tyson's look? Because he is full on Florida. He's got salmon shorts, a white t-shirt, and white leather loafers. And I just thought, look at you living it up. <laughs> I loved not, it. You're not trying to look like a threatening badass. You're just like, hey, man, I'm on vacation. And after the match, uh, Jericho got on the mic and and declared Mike Tyson to be officially an uh, ancillary member of the Inner Circle. And I have to say, and Jenny was, you know, Jenny also, I think, is the one who brought this up to me as we were watching the show. This was a Mike Tyson's second little run in AEW, much stronger than his first. Yep. (laughs) Yes. He, like, figured it out. He got it together. He he learned how to gimmick a shirt last time, and this time he he actually remained impartial, which I was kind of surprised about. Like he did not he did not help Jericho, and I believe he even stopped Jericho at one point, and also stopped Dax. So he he cut it right down the middle, which yep. good for him. So I guess we'll see if Jericho ever. Needs to call him back in for service, but I'm assuming his run, his current run is over at this point. Yeah. I can see him being like a once a year kind of special guest attraction kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm up for that now that I see this one. I wasn't up for that after the first right. appearance. Yeah. Now that he seems more like actually invested in in trying yeah yeah all right well we'll see if he shows up again but i'm i'm assuming next week he'll probably not be there we'll see uh for now alex marvez is interviewing kenny the young bucks the good brothers and don Callis. they're all preparing to leave the venue in a black suv um can i just say the young bucks are dressed like lunatics like <laughs> <laughs> so bad they, they Nick, both they both look like different periods of 1990s Shawn michaels 
which yeah, it's I so wonder if that. I feel like that's what Nick is going for with the one long dangly ear- earring, um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. They have like the leather um, page boy hats, but like backwards. I I think that's what they're called. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then Nick had like berets. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And, and then Nick had um, God, I I hesitate to even call them acid wash jeans because they don't look washed. They look like somebody threw bleach on them. <laughs> Honestly, like big splotchy bleach stains. Um, it was just. It was something. So, uh, Don Callis is like, hey, Marvez, give me that mic. I got a scoop for you. Kicks him out of frame. And then he says, you know, just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen a thing. Um, When the Young Bucks came back into the fold, it wasn't the end of the story. It was the beginning. Because they're all BFFs now. Uh, Kenny gets on the mic and says, hey, we're all sick of being what people people expect us to be instead we're going to be who we actually are and then matt jackson says hey aew tag team you're on notice or tag team division you're on notice because we're still out there we still got the belts come at us um i i just yeah so they're all united now i just i hope the bucks pick up on kenny's style because their style's bad kenny's style's great so yeah, that's what I took from it. Also, the Good Brothers were there, but I don't like to talk about them. <laughs> they didn't do anything, really. No, they didn't. To they didn't credit. even object to the Bucks calling themselves the best tag team in the world. <laughs> I think they know their place. Yeah. So, yeah. So you still enjoying Callus? Um, yes. I actually find him great at the role he's playing. I, I think being an annoying heel manager is his strength i mean i've never seen him in any other context but i'm not annoyed by him mm-hmm. i find him funny i think he's doing what he's supposed to do okay good so more power to him um after that we get a super super brief video package of thunderosa she's coming for all the championships apparently aw women's championship and nwa women's championship she calls three out specifically so we will be seeing more of her in the future. And then after that, we get a ladies match. It is Amber Nova versus Chris Statlander. And this is pretty much a smash em. Um, Chris Statlander wins with the Supernova. Uh, the best friends accompany her out. And she boops Paul Turner on the nose before the match even begins. That's the highlights for me. <laughs> she looked good. She looked... Uh... She looked like she's ready. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope she's not pushing it. I know you have to wear the knee brace pretty much after the surgery she's had, and that's not indicative of like weakness, but um I hope she's I hope she doesn't hurt herself, basically. Do you remember when Amber Nova used to pop up every once in a while in yes. NXT as a dime store Nikki Bella? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because her story was that she's called her name is Amber Nova because her first car was a Nova. Yeah. That's what I remember specifically. Yeah. She had like suspenders with wrenches on dumb. them or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because she's like this like car lady. Yeah. 
I didn't realize she had migrated over here to AEW. Uh, this was her first appearance, so, you know. All right. Well, I'm sure she'll show up on Dark or Elevation or both. We don't know. All right. Um, after we go backstage, Dasha is talking to Team Taz. Has Taz heard back from Christian, she asks. And Taz said... Well, I made my offer last week, so... And then Ricky Starks is like, Hey, we shouldn't be waiting any time. Not an hour, let alone a week, to hear from Christian. Taz is like, Hey, Ricky, you need to calm down. He calls him really combustible and tells him he needs to stay backstage because of that. And Brian Cage is like, Yeah, Ricky, you're being a real dick. And then Taz is like, Whoa, you too. You're backstage too, because you... You two cannot handle this. Me, Hobbs, and Hook are going to have to handle this tonight, which I thought is hilarious. Hook doesn't talk, so I guess he's not worried about getting punished. I mean, you've seen Hook's arms now. You know he can handle himself. I want to see those arms again. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got huge arms, but he also looks like a 12-year-old Tom Holland. So, like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Hook. You can have mixed feelings about it. It's okay. Legally of age, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So, okay, that makes everything feel better. Um, but yeah, so Taz, Taz has punished. He's essentially put Ricky Starks and Brian Cage into timeout, and he says he, Hook, and Hobbs will handle handle this thing with Christian Cage themselves. So that's when we go in ring, where Tony is talking to Christian Cage, and Christian is like. Hey, I've got an open contract. Thank you, Tony Khan. And I am here to exercise that because I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to outwork people. Taz interrupts and Hooks and and Hobbs are with him. And Taz is like, hey, Christian, we extended you an offer. What's the deal? Why are you ignoring us? Don't you want to join us? And Christian's like, Sorry, Taz, I did not come here to help your dumpster fire of a team. I will not be doing that. My answer is no, definitively. And this really pisses Taz off, which, understandably, that was a pretty mean way to be like, I don't like you. And so Taz is like, Christian, you ungrateful, you disrespectful, terrible person. I never liked you. Because, of course, if you get rejected, you gotta, you got to make them known that you're rejecting them first. So and he, um, and he also said he never liked I never liked your buddy who carried your ass. Yep. Yep. Which, you know, Edge is doing okay. He's over in WWE doing okay. He didn't get released recently. Um oh. so yeah, at this point Will Hobbs is like, All right, let's do this. So he and he, Will Hobbs stops Taz from going on, and then Hobbs heads to the ring while Taz remains on stage and hook takes his strategic position on the outside because that's what he does, I think. He's like outside man. And then um, Christian looks at Hobbs and is like, I'm not intimidated. Let's go. They start fighting. Hobbs actually pretty much destroys Christian in a way that's like, oof, that that sucks. And uh, from there, we, we end up actually getting a sanction match between Christian and Hobbs for next week. Yes. 
Now Hobbs got the advantage uh, after Hook hooked Christian's leg, and uh, <laughs> when he was uh, running the ropes, so uh, you know, a little bit unfair. Well, he has to live by his namesake, you know. Yeah. Now there were a couple of great, uh, great little exchanges here between Christian and Taz uh, that you didn't mention on the ramp. Uh, Taz was standing at the top of the ramp, and Christian said, "I, I appreciate that you're standing up there." Uh, so that I could tell you this uh, eye to eye. And and Taz said, if I was standing on my wallet, I'd be 10 feet taller than you. <laughs> and then Christian said, is that your bingo hall money? And then Taz says, no, nah, other money too. Other money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. And I just mentioned that, that was bingo hall? Or does he like, is he just, is it that he's so old that he plays bingo with old people? It's Neither, exactly. actually. <laughs> um it's a reference to ECW, uh, whose primary arena in Philadelphia, the ECW arena, was literally a converted bingo hall. Oh, okay. So, for 25 years, a good way to take cheap shots at ECW is to call it a bingo hall. Oh. And I just think it's funny that Taz left ECW 21 years ago, and uh, this is still a dig that could be used to, <laughs> to get under his skin. I just was, thought other money too was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, because he was like so. It's like it's like one of those scenarios where you shouldn't give somebody the power by def- like you shouldn't even think to defend it because then you're like giving them leverage. And instead, he's like other money. I got other money. Like he's like <laughs> trying to convince Christian, and it's like, bud, you just. I mean- you this just... is why this is Ta- this is why Taz is a great uh, a heel. You know, he's he's very giving of his um, showing ass. <laughs> yep, that's true. It was really good. It was yeah. it was very good. Also, that made me think that um, in 2020, the year of COVID, uh, when I was driving past a bingo hall in in my my town where I live, there was a sign up that said wrestling show what december 26th (laughs) and i thought to myself i don't want to get covid but i do want to see what that means (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't go um, but they were having one (laughs) so just throwing that out there that's fantastic that is really really (laughs) funny i'll have to keep my eye out because i don't know what the hell local wrestling that is but i would love to go see it when (laughs) You know, crowds are a thing I can, and by crowds I mean like probably fifty people tops, probably. if that. If that, yeah. So okay, so Taz has got that bingo hall money. Um, after this, we get a very very quick video package of Tay Conti and Hikaru Shida, um, because they will be having a match next week. Because Tay Conti is, uh, I believe, Britt may have mentioned it. If not. They mentioned it last week, but she's number one contender. So they're going to have a match next week. Get it, Tay. Even though I don't think you're going to, like, get it. But Probably not. No, but, like, good for her for trying. Yeah. Yeah, I just like that she's getting, she's getting time. She's been, you know, she's she's done really well in her, as, as a featured player of late. Yeah, I think, I think she has stepped it up a lot compared to her time in NXT. Mm-hmm. So. All right. With that, we get to the main event. This is Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, and this is Darby Allen offering up his DNT championship defense 
This is apparently a no DQs fall count anywhere match. Um, because you know they're both hardcore. Mm-hmm. Luckily, even though Matt Hardy is the first uh, challenger that I would even consider maybe a challenge to Darby, Darby wins. He does the coffin drop through an announce table that Matt is on. Um, so that should tell you how this match goes. Uh, it's a lot. A lot of stuff happens. These two are on the same wavelength as far as like, you know, don't care about their bodies doing crazy things. And I'm just happy there was no blood. Honestly, that was the bar that I set (laughs) for this. So no blood is always my bar too. No blood. I I was happy with it. Derby jumped off a high thing. Jenny didn't like it because too many people ran out and got involved, you know, so. Well, the house of, um, or no, sorry, Hardy Family Office, HFO, is what it's officially called. Yeah, they had to come out to private party, butchering the blade. They had to try to defend their man. And then, of course, Sting had to come out to even the odds. And then I believe Dark Order was there somewhere. Um, Scorpio and Ethan Page, they didn't get involved in the match, but they're... Well, yes, they did. I'm sorry. They started out in the nosebleed section, and then eventually they came down and attempted to sneak up on Sting, who was out there. Lance Archer was there, though, and he gets in the way and did the blackout on Isaiah Cassidy to intimidate Sting. It's like a whole thing. It's like a whole thing. A lot Mm -hmm. of stuff. Jenny's right. There were a lot of people involved in this. Uh, (sighs) Sting threw Darby his bat. Matt Hardy punched him in the balls. Caused Darby to drop the bat. Um, Tony Khan and BJ Whitmer got a little highlight as this match went to the backstage and passed them. It's like a whole thing. You Darby. sound exasperated. It's a lot. I'm looking at my notes and it's like, oh shit, there was a lot that happened. Darby got a hold of Sting's bat. He destroyed the broadcast table, which, like, I think I love because, like, Tony. And Excalibur were were like, they went silent because they were like, oh shit, we gotta move. And JR, we just see him and he's still like going, just talking, but off to the side. He is unaffected. He's clearly seen this a lot. So <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I thought it was, you know, the match itself was fine. It was good. I liked it. But I think it was, it was just a good thing to have happen for Darby Allen to beat a, like an older name established WWE star just right there in the main event of dynamite and, and make it clear. Like this, this is not, this is not a promotion about old people. <laughs> this is, this is a promotion about using your old people in smart ways to get over your young people. Yeah. 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 And Matt Hardy has way more pool than I think, uh, Darby's last opponent was JD Drake. Yeah. Like, I, I did appreciate that that brought some like this is a person I know who that who who they are. This is you a know, match like, you can have, this is a match you can main event dynamite with. Yeah, like this this should be the tone of Darby defending his TNT championship, and I'm glad they're moving in that direction. You know. Now, since they did that promo where he um, said that he had defended his title twice, and then the crowd clapped, and he was like, "No, <laughs> that's bad." Um, he has actually done a pretty good job 
or they've done a pretty good job of uh, having him wrestle. So he has since defended against Scorpio Sky, John Silver, J.D. Drake, The Butcher on that uh, The House Always Wins uh, house show, okay. and uh, now Matt Hardy. So that's all in the last... Well, the Scorpio match was March 10th, and now mm-hmm. it's April 15th or 16th. So, yeah, that's a lot of... He's They've actually been... Keeping him pretty consistent. busy with title defenses, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's what I want. I just, um, I want more, like, like Scorpio, Matt Hardy. Um, we obviously didn't see the Friday one with the Butcher. But, like, I want roster contenders. Uh, J.D. Drake, it was like, I didn't know who that guy was. And the match was fine. But I do think there is something to be said with, like, you're accepting all contenders, but the contenders that show up should be people with weight behind them. You know, otherwise it's like if you're only the only contenders that want to compete for this belt are people we don't see week to week. Like maybe it's not a special belt. Right. Yeah. Now Derby did tweet out five hours ago. Uh, Let's give it hell this Wednesday and the main event of dynamite. Tony Khan, pick your guy from the top five and let's make it official. And then he posted a, uh, a shot of the rankings. And uh, so I think he is asking for a top five opponent. And looking at the rankings right now, uh, we've got Hangman Page at number okay. one, who will who is already booked against Ricky Starks. Yeah. We got John Moxley, who hasn't been seen. Uh, so He's I'm, pretty kinda, bruised and beat up. I kinda, and I kind of doubt you'd bring him in just for that. Yeah, he did a promo last week, but we haven't seen him in the ring. I bet I know who it's going to be. I do, too. We got Cody, who hasn't been seen since. The, he's certainly not going to come back just for a match against uh, Darby. No, you know, he's, he's mad a, about QT and whatever. Yeah. Uh, number five is Powerhouse Hobbs, who is, of course, already booked against Christian. So that takes us to number three on the list. Uh, 4-0 in 2021, Jungle Boy. Oh damn! Okay, okay. I'll watch that. I could see that. That's that's a that's a dynamite main event I can get behind. Yeah, it is, and honestly, like that's a main event where I think it could go either way. Yeah. So I'm kind of over Darby having this belt. So let's give it to Jungle Boy. I'm not one of those people because I know there is a very different like. I, I've seen the chatter. There is a very hardcore group of people that are like not into Darby's oh. deal. Um, but I also that I liked his deal at the beginning. I'm just bored of it. And I don't, I think it, it started, I started getting bored with it when like that thing happened. That's what I mean though. Like, like we all respect Darby as like, he's got talent, but um, I, I definitely have heard the side of like, he's not doing anything with this title. Let's switch it up. And jungle boy, I very much support him because I feel like he spent all his time here being the one in tag team matches that gets beat up. And if he's not in a tag team match, he's the one who like goes and has a big match but always loses. Mm-hmm. So I think that if Jungle Boy got his time, I would not be upset by that. I'm I'm expecting it to happen at some point in the future and and I wouldn't be upset if this is the time. And I think it'll, at the very least, it'll be a different kind of Derby match than we've been getting lately. Because, mm-hmm. number one, it'll be a babyface match. So, I expect it to just be, like, a good, high-flying, hard-hitting affair. Yeah, and they both stylistically are similar in that, like, very athletic, very high-flying. 
it, it could be interesting. It could be a spot fest. But also Darby has been trying to do more of like a technical submission-y sort of thing. Almost to like the uh, Angelico level. So if he busted that out against Jungle Boy, could be could be interesting to see how that went. Totally. So that's Dynamite. And uh, as we said, big, big, sounds like there's going to be a big show. We're just speculating about that main event, but that's, by process of elimination, I think that's the only person it could be. Everyone's busy, except for Jungle Boy. Everyone's busy, or has been, like, just off TV selling other things. So I, I think it's got to, I think it's got to be Jungie. Uh, uh, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so we look forward to that. Uh, and uh, I guess, thank you all for listening. And this has been the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>